Thank you for listening to the Jab Step Fantasy Basketball Podcast. We would like to thank our friends over at the Plowboy Radio Podcast. It is a Christian podcast in a Reformed Baptist perspective. They talk and praise Jesus Christ. Uh, We talk about theology. It's me, Bradley, and Derek. Uh, We talk about theology, scripture, you name it, church culture, society, issues. Uh, We talk about wrestling, sports, food. Bradley always has something to rant about. It's it's a good time, so check us out every Friday morning at 8 o'clock on your podcast platform. And again, we are the Plowboy Radio Podcast. We would also like to thank our friends over at a Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty football podcast starring B.J. Kent and Marcus Raper. It's a weekly podcast where they discuss fantasy football from a Dynasty perspective. They also talk about other things such as uh, college football, uh, historic football players. They even had a little bit of a wrestling draft last time I heard. So check them out. Uh, every Thursday on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, again, it's a legacy of legends, a fantasy football podcast. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is Ben McCarthy. I am the host of the Jab Step Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I hope everybody is having a great day. Um, I'm just looking over some of the stuff that we had this previous week in the Sleeper League, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I am not happy. I am not. I am downright disgusted with the bald man Adam Graham himself. White men can't jump. You know, he had a good week. Is it conventional? Absolutely not. Do I think it's going to happen again? Absolutely not. But yeah, it happened against me. So yeah, I'm a little upset about that. But Adam, I'm just going to let you know. Next time I see you, I am going to reshun you. And I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. I hope you like that. Because you did this to yourself. So anyway... What we got on today's show is we're going to talk, we're going to first go over the week seven sleeper report for our level two game breakers fantasy basketball league via sleeper. And then once I'm done with that, I'm going to go over week eight real quick. And then, I don't know, maybe talk about some NBA related topics such as trades. And this could impact the fantasy season as well. So, as you look to make moves on your roster, you know, maybe thinking about where these people could move. Um, last year, I'm trying to think who were who were the big trades for last year. Um, it's slipping my mind, but like, for instance, this year, uh, if, I don't know, Eric Gordon from the Houston Rockets gets traded, which I feel like is a very likely thing, you know, you might want to pick him up or you might want to drop him because if he goes to a situation where he cannot get the opportunities, the shots that he normally gets, it may not be worth it. So 
that's an example of what I'm talking about. We will get into that later on in the show. But let's go over the Week 7 Sleeper Fantasy Basketball Report. Coming in at the best team this week is Adam Graham. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I'm surprised because he beat me. Um, he had some fantastic, awesome performances. Um I mean, everybody just went above and beyond what they were expected of him. And he mainly picked him on the first night. And I knew right then we were in trouble. And even Adam sent me a meme or a gif, or a gif, excuse me, on the sleeper chat. And I knew it was going to be on. The worst team, I believe it's seven weeks straight, is Coley Thompson. I... Coley, you might want to make some moves, man. I mean, at this point, you're just sitting and forgetting and just losing. So, if you listen to this, I hope you do. You know, maybe try to swap some things up. Maybe try to make some trades. You're still not out of it, which is crazy. Um, anyway, the high-scoring picks this week. Steph Curry, yet again. It seems like every week, Steph Curry is the high-scoring point guard. And along with that, we've got James Harding, James Harding, James Harden for John Curtis, who he's been one of the higher-scored shooting guards the past couple weeks, too. So, at small forward was Brandon Ingram, who I traded for against Houston. Power forward, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is a regular, you know, on the high-scoring list of picks. And then at center, Jonas Valanciunas probably having the best week out of anybody 74.88. Now, I also had Jay Sean Tate on my bench who played Oklahoma City and went nuclear. So, yeah, that makes me feel great. But Jonas Valanciunas has been a very good uh, draft selection, very good value for the man, the myth himself, Cassidy Warren. The league awards for this week, most efficient manager is myself. Least efficient efficient manager is Jonathan White. Highest points in the loss is me. The second high scorer this week. Who only missed out by three points and been high score. I'm bitter. Yeah, I'm bitter. Because I had an awesome week, man. Awesome week. Lane comes in at the lowest points with win. And I actually had 100 points more than he did. So that just shows you how great that is. But do not worry. The sixth and final playoff spot is dictated by points. So, if the schedule has defeated you based on matchups, don't worry. You still have an opportunity to get in. Uh, if you're the highest scorer out of the top, uh, that's outside the top five that are in the playoffs, you have an opportunity. I think that's a good rule. It still gets the six best teams in there, in my opinion. Top free agents. DeAnthony Melton. If y'all don't pick him up, I will. Malik Monk, I don't think he's worth a pickup, especially when LeBron comes back, or I believe he is already back from COVID protocol. Danilo Gallinari, expect his role to diminish when DeAndre Hunter makes his way back. Dorian Finney-Smith is interesting. Um, he was very good for this, uh, this past week when uh, Luka and Porzingis were out. Dwight Howard, I, I don't think he's a pickup, to be honest with you. So let's review uh, the victory or the victories, the victors of this past week. Adam beat me 418 to my 415. Pat, aka Ginger Voodoo Magic, he had a great week at 411, beating BJ's Afro Thunder. The Sundance Kid, aka John White, takes a loss to Lane who is still getting by even without his main guy, John Morant. Butch Cassidy, he's making a comeback, guys. Cassidy, his team is starting to perform, and he's looking really strong. He beat C.J. Jackson this week, dropping him down to 3-4. and four. Then Josh, who did not have the uh, dominant week as he normally does, takes down the very, very struggling Coley Thompson, team Coley Thompson. Dropping him down to 0-7. John Curtis feared the beard, the hardened beard, excuse me. Defeated Stay Mellow, Hayden Gordon. And John Curtis is 2-0 since that trade that we made. 
I believe it benefited both sides, to be honest with you. He needed some depth. John Morant going down helped Desmond Bain. You know, Kevin Porter Jr. without Jalen Green has uh, pushed his stock up. And then Sadiq Bay's having an underrated season. So that was a really good trade. Let's let's hear about some more trades possibly. We need to make some more deals in this league, guys. We can't we can't stay complacent. We gotta make moves. So based on pick performance, number one was Adam, number two was me, which I actually had the most efficient one. Uh three was Pat Thompson. Four was Cassidy. Five was Josh. Number six was John Curtis, and that's all I'm gonna go through. The standings right now have Josh at number one, Pat and Lane tie for two, but Pat having the points over him since they have not played each other is now second with Lane at third. I'm coming in at fourth. BJ is five and Adam is six. We're all tied for that third that fourth place spot. However, based on points and how matchups have worked out, I'm number four, BJ's five. And Adam is six. Cassidy is sneaking in there as a very, very strong team. He is one of the high scorers in our league. I believe he is actually fourth in scoring in our league, if I if I looked at this correctly. So Cassidy, um, you know, based on points, would actually be in if the playoffs were to start today. Number eight is CJ. Nine is Jonathan White. Ten is John Curtis, who is trying to make a strong comeback this season. Hayden Gordon, with his third straight loss, falls at 11. And then Coley is is dead last right now. So that was week seven in the sleeper league that we have going on. Let's look at the forecast for this week's matchups in our league. This week, we have two cousins pitted against each other. Foe versus foe. Bald kid versus bald man. Well, I say I'm a ball kid. I'm 30 years old. But Pat, I'm looking at his team right now, and he's got these flames going. Well, just be prepared, Pat Thompson, because the flames are about to be out. I'm about to put them down. I am going to give you your third straight loss. Unless unless you beat me, then no, I, I, won't, I won't give you your third straight loss if that's the case. However, I'm coming for you. So we got this matchup. This is the matchup of the week, a rivalry between two family members, first cousins. So, let's see how this goes. We've had many and many of battles playing real-life basketball, playing video games. You name it, it's always competitive. Let's see how this one turns out, guys. The next matchup, we got Adam Graham versus Hayden Gordon. And Hayden Gordon is coming out looking strong so far with his 69% over Adam's 31%. I'm still going to go with Adam. He is streaking right now. And if he picks like he did last week, he's in for a good showing. Then we got Jonathan White versus B.J. Kent. B.J. Kent has got COVID. Get well soon, my man. And go check out their podcast, Legacy of Legends, him and Marcus. B.J. and Jonathan is probably going to be a very, very close matchup. I really don't know who to go with, but I'm probably thinking that B.J. pulls this one out. And if our, since me and Pat is the matchup of the week, however, the next closest one and something that could make a difference in the long run is Cassidy versus Lane. Cassidy's team is really coming alive. And he's going to give, going up against Lane, who has got a good record. However, he's battling with some major injuries with John Moran out. Let's see how this one goes as I, I still predict Cassidy to pull this one out and move up the standings. Then we got Josh Bradlin, six wins straight, going up against C.J. Jackson. At one time, these guys were best friends, but this week, they're better enemies. C.J.'s left-handed and weird, and Josh is skinny, and he's the deputy commissioner. I don't know what to think about this matchup, guys. Jackie Moon, inspired team with Josh here. With the come to the white against the come to the white side, I picked Josh to win this and continue his winning streak. Somebody has got to upset this man, guys. Somebody's got to do it. And then, uh, to me, probably the easiest win of the week is going to be John Curtis, who's going to be back to 500 against Coley. 
Anyway, that is the review of week eight. It should be a very good week eight. We're getting close to the Christmas time, and that's when things really start to heat up. Who you really think this this is where you really see who are the real players, who are the bad players, who are the contenders, who are looking to make moves. So really keep up with the NBA this time. This could really help your team progress as we get later and later in the fantasy season. Anyway, that's week seven and week eight. I'm going to go get me a drink of water. And I'm going to come right back, and we're going to talk about trade candidates, trade targets, teams looking to build up on the roster, maybe even buy low, or excuse me, buy out players to maybe keep an eye on. If you hear this, this might be an opportunity for you, if you have the roster spots, to maybe take a chance on some of these guys. Buy out players really do help teams, and I think there could be quite a few this year. You're looking at teams like Miami, Brooklyn, Lakers trying to make moves to try to get back into contention after here recently having a rough start uh, through the season. But anyway, I will get more into it here shortly. I just want to thank everybody for listening from this point on. I also want to shout out BJ's podcast yet again, BJ and Marcus Review each week in fantasy football, and they also go into dynasty-related topics. I know this past week we had a lot of drama, but we also had a lot of fun with people trading in this league. So if you want to hear more and more about it, go check them out. They're fixing to have their own merch as well. So if you would like to support them, contact them on Twitter or on Facebook if you would like to see or maybe purchase a long-sleeve Shirt, which I'm thinking about getting because knowing BJ, it's probably going to look nice. So, anyway, I know as fantasy football continues to go on, it's about to be over in the next few weeks, and then it's all fantasy basketball, baby. So, yeah. If you would like to be on the show, let me know, and I will try to get a Skype call set up. I would love to hear some of you on the show to give your takes on certain things. Um, maybe we could discuss other things, maybe basketball movies where a lot of you disagreed with my picks, and I really don't care what you think, to be honest with you guys. Until you come on here, I don't really care what you think at that point, especially you, Adam and Pat. Y'all's picks were terrible. I mean, absolutely awful. Josh Brown's the only one who has any taste. In documentaries, basketball documentaries are fantastic. Come at me, bro. Say what you want. A true NBA fan likes documentaries. Anyway, I'll be right back here shortly, and we'll go into the trade. Candidates, buyout targets, teams making moves. See you in a sec. Welcome back into the podcast, guys. I'm looking over some of the news in today's NBA. This is being recorded on on Tuesday, December 7th. And I, I follow The Athletic. I don't know if you do. 
but that's where I go. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I follow The Athletic and I read a lot on their website. I look up how the Celtics are doing. I look up fantasy football, basketball information, which most of their fantasy basketball are related to like category roto leagues, so it really doesn't have any relevance to this. Uh, I look at what the Raiders are doing. The Raiders are my football team, Mississippi State football, basketball. I love just the NBA and NFL itself. I look at stuff that's going on with all the teams but yeah there's some interesting stuff that's being reported today it says Pacers potentially move to rebuild receptive to trade talks on Carlos Levert to Monta Sabonis Miles Turner this is by Shams and Bob Kravitz so this is going to be interesting um, this could go on to our trade discussions that we're fixing to have here shortly um let's go over some of the other news as of course my app seems to be bugging um neil o'shea or did i say that wrong is it neil o'shea that play the the uh the guy that got fired for the portland trailblazers was it him let's see Yes, Neil O'Shea. I was wondering for a second if I screwed that up. Of course, everybody knows he was fired from Portland's organization. I believe he was the uh, the president of basketball operations. Um, yeah, so that was a very controversial topic. But yeah, he is he is let go. Portland is looking at hiring a new uh, president of basketball operations. See, we got unvaccinated NBA players subject to fines, suspension, or reduced pay for missing games in Toronto. Bulls DeMar DeRozan entered COVID-19 health and safety protocols. Adam, they might want to be aware of that. Blazers Damian Lillard frustrated with team's play as tensions rise. Tension rises between players and coach Chauncey Billups. Bucks Dante DiVincenzo assigned to the G League on track for potential December debut, sources state. NBA players without booster subject subject to game day COVID-19 testing starting December 17th. Yeah, so there's a a lot going on in the NBA right now. Um, There's been a lot of people with COVID problems. Uh, Charlotte Hornets is one team that comes to my mind. LeBron James seemed to get out of his COVID situation that he was in. Which I don't, I don't need to talk about LeBron James because I get irritated. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff being discussed here in the NBA. I do want to go over. Let's go over the trade targets, potential landing spots, what this means for other teams in the NBA, especially for fantasy basketball going forward. If the Pacers blow up, blow the thing up, whoever goes to Indiana will probably be a fantasy contributor right away. I think it's smart for Indiana to do it. Their team that they have is mediocre. I mean, it's decent, but it's not going to win the championship. It's not going to make a huge playoff run. Um, They have pieces here that could really help teams. Let's start with their best player, DeMontis Sabonis. To me, he's the hardest fit to find. I don't know really where he he would land... And to be honest with you, if he does get traded, I'd be worried about his fantasy production tremendously. Obviously, Indiana's not going to take nothing less than what he is worth. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe the Trailblazers are interested. They're having a lot of problems. Um, I don't know if the Celtics would be interested in DeMontis Sabonis. far as I know, they're not willing to give up Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. I know they're not willing to give up Jason Tatum, uh, but I, I don't believe they're willing to give up Jalen Brown. Um, the Sixers could be interesting if they can form, you know, you know, to be honest with you, that doesn't even make sense now that I say that because the fit between Embiid and Sabonis would be awful because 
even though Sabonis does hit outside shots, he, he has a slow release, he's slow. Defensively, that would be a problem. So, yeah. they've The Pacers have some younger guys. Chris Duarte, I, I believe they would hang on to Chris Duarte as they try to move Karis LeVert, Sabonis, and Tur- Miles Turner. Miles Turner is very interesting to me. I, I don't know about his fantasy value, but on the NBA aspect, he would be a good fit for several teams. Um, one team that comes to my mind is the Celtics. Um, if they were willing to take on Robert Williams, I think that would be a good move for both sides. Miles um, Turner can defend the rim. He is semi-athletic. Uh, he's also got a pretty decent jumper, so he could actually help the Celtics with a five-out system where Tatum and Brown could find their ways to the basket more. Maybe ship Marcus Smart, who Marcus Smart, I don't want to get sidetracked. Well, let's get back to Marcus Smart here in a minute. But Indiana, Karis LeVert could be an interesting piece too. Uh, obviously, we know he's had some health issues in the past. Um, he's still a very good ball player. I'd be interested to see where he could go. Teams always need wings. That's uh, that's something that's super valuable to teams in the NBA is wing players. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, how, how important – having wings and being able to defend and switch is in the NBA right now. It's so, it's so vital to the sport at this moment. So with that, with all that being said, I believe that, uh, I I think that, uh, Karis LeVert would be a very, very, very good piece for several teams. So, um, I say all that, with that being said, that I'm trying to think of teams. I think there's any team would be interested in, you know, and Karis LeVert, I mean, um, just to be able to have, you know, a center that, or excuse me, a wing player that could do all that would be fantastic. Man, I, I've got my, I'm using my iPad today, and I really don't understand what is going on here. It's like everything's went to, to, to junk I just don't. I don't get why. I don't get why it's doing all this stuff today. Um, anyway, I, so let's go through each team and see who would be some of the uh, trade partners for 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 some of these teams uh, or some trade pieces that could be moving. Uh, I don't know really. There's some. There's some players that would be uh, be obvious where they fit, and there's some places, you know, it's going to be kind of a mystery where they would go. Um, I kind of want to do this by standings. I think that would be more interesting. So let's start in the Eastern Conference. Let's start with Brooklyn. I don't really see Brooklyn making any deals unless it's dealing with Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie Irving gets traded, that would be very, very interesting. I don't know how it would work out. I don't I don't know if I'd even understand the logistics of it. I don't know who would even want somebody like Kyrie Irving but he is a, a piece that could be dealt. Other than that, I, I, I'm thinking about their roster. I really do not see anybody that could be moved at this point in time. They will be a strong team in the buyout market. They've tried to uh, assemble a group of people that can play center, and it's not really working out. They've got Claxton. They've got LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, they've got Blake Griffin, and they got Paul Millsap. And to be honest with you, it's not getting the production that they need. Joe Harris is out for a a decent a decent amount of time, extended period of time. They got Bruce Brown, who's 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 very solid. I don't see them trading him because he's he's pretty essential to their to what they do. Patty Mills. Um, to be honest with you, it's it's really just Durant, and it's just it's Durant and Harden, and that's pretty much it. But People that could be on the buyout market, we'll talk about that later. But number two in the standings right now is Chicago, who is kind of somewhat struggling a little bit here and there. I I don't see them really being a big trade team as they're kind of small on the cap right now as well. I say that Chicago's struggling and they're uh, they're four. They got four wins in a row. I guess I don't know what I'm talking about sometimes. But Chicago, I really don't know of anybody who could be traded off their team. Uh, We obviously know that DeRozan. We know that Lonzo Ball, we know that Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, they're not going anywhere. 
they're another team that could really go out in the buyout market, especially for a center, in my opinion. Uh, they're, they they will not – I don't think they will trade Alex Caruso. They're, those are the five players on their team that are really – and Ayo Desumnu, ah, man, I wish I could pronounce his name. He's the rookie out of Illinois. He's been really vital to them too. Javante Green's been really good. Patrick Williams is out for the season, I believe. They really could use another big – Derek Jones Jr. has been playing. He's not really that great of a shooter. So yeah, if, I don't really see how if, unless somebody unless some team is really interested in Kobe White and Ayo Dasamu then I really don't see them being able to make a trade this season. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, they have they have the flexibility to make small deals if needed. However, they just added Demarcus Cousins to their roster, and they've added Wesley Matthews back. To be honest, I, I see them stay staying put with their with their with the guys that they have now. Uh, I believe they they believe that they have enough to make a run back in the in the playoffs again. So they could they could have some people maybe interested in them on the buyout market, but I don't see any real trade scenarios with them. The next team is the Miami Heat. They're four in the standings. They've lost two in a row, by the way. Um, they're they're pretty cap struck as well. Unless they, they can find something where maybe they can move Victor Oladipo, I really don't see this team making any moves until it makes its way to the uh, the buyout market. They do have Bam Adebayo out with an injury. As was reported today, he's going to be out several weeks. So Dwayne Dedman looks like somebody that could be added to your fantasy roster that maybe could help you with some, with some scoring. However, Miami, they really are desperate – add more pieces and depth to their team. They've got some older players in Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler. They do have some young guns. They have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Gabe Vincent, who's played really well for them. But, however, they just don't have enough right now, to my opinion, to really compete with some of these teams like Milwaukee, who has all this depth. And that's really what's going to hurt Brooklyn, Chicago, and Miami is they just don't have the depth that Milwaukee does. Milwaukee has such a deep team and good contributors Obviously, if Milwaukee loses Giannis, it's a different story, and they're probably not going to do anything at that point, which is to say for Brooklyn losing Durant, Harden, Chicago losing Levine, Rosen, you know, Miami losing Jimmy Butler. I mean, it's all the same scenario, but Milwaukee has so much depth. To me, they're the best team in the East. You know, they've, they've struggled off the start because of injuries, but besides that, I don't see any other opportunities for them to make a deal. we got the Washington Wizards at five. They do have pieces to make a deal, and they're not going to be in contention. They'll make the playoffs possibly, but I see them falling down pretty quick as they 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 actually have lost three in a row. They're standing at fourteen eleven. Um, their roster, I mean, they have a lot of pieces that could be moved. In my opinion, the obvious one is Bradley Beal, but I don't see Bradley Beal moving because he is fixing to get ultra paid supermax money. He'll be one of the highest paid players in the NBA after this season. Him being able to stay on his team, he gets the extra money. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't see him getting traded. Um, man, everybody else on this roster, maybe besides Montrezl Harrell, I think they're really high on Montrezl Harrell at this moment and Spencer Dinwiddie. But, like, Kyle Kuzma, Davis Bertans, I don't think they'll trade Daniel Gafford, um, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura. Contavious Caldwell Pope, Aaron Holiday. They've got a lot of pieces that can move. Uh, the one that makes more sense to me that would be a hot commodity to me is KCP. He would make a team very happy with his 3 and D defense, you know. Davis Pertans would be somebody that would be interesting to him with his – he's 16 and being able to shoot and spread the floor the way he can. Uh, otherwise, you know, like Rui Hachimura, he's so young. He's 23 years old out of Gonzaga. I don't know if they would really try to move that piece. Montrezl Harrell seems like he he's going to be staying the way he's playing this season, but uh, everybody would be interested in Kyle Kuzma, Davis Bertans, and Contavious Caldwell Pope. Them being able to three and D style players, just taller, longer wing style shooters are just hard to come by in the NBA. So they're very valuable. The Boston Celtics are six. Um, I really follow them very closely. So obviously I know. I have takes. Um, 
This is the time to deal with Marcus Smart, Boston. If you listen to this podcast, Boston Celtics executives, let it be known that I believe Marcus Smart needs and should be traded immediately. He's ran his course in the, on the Celtics. He's had seven years with the Celtics. He's 27 years old. He just got paid a couple years back. He's got a very tradable contract. Teams could use his defense. However, Boston does not need his playmaking. His playmaking does not make sense with our team. I'm in the strong camp that I believe Peyton Pritchard should be the starting point guard for this team. You also got, well, I say the starting point guard. Dennis Schroeder has played so well that he should be the starting point guard, and Peyton Pritchard should be getting several minutes as he looks to be a very good 3 and D point guard with some decent playmaking ability. He doesn't make he does not he's not a bad playmaker where to the point where he causes a lot of turnovers where Marcus Smart if he doesn't turn he he pretty much turns the ball over where some of the the shots he takes but they've got some really tradable pieces here the most obvious ones Robert Williams and Marcus Smart I believe those team those two players could really help other teams they're young young enough to to help you know teams especially defensively. However, the way the Celtics play, I really do like Robert Williams. I hope he stays. But him being 6'9", he's a great rim protector, and he runs the floor real well. But one thing, he he does get banged up quite often. But I believe the Celtics could use a perimeter-style big. So, to me, like, Indiana makes a lot of sense. Maybe maybe trying to pair him. And maybe even Marcus Smart, if they're interested in him, and try to get maybe Miles Turner. He would fit in really well with the Celtics, him being able to shoot, spread the floor. Karis LeVert would help the Celtics as well to give us somebody maybe to come off the bench and give us some more playmaking at the wing. We do have uh, Romeo Langford. We have Aaron Neesmith. However, they do not possess the playmaking ability I believe we could use at the wing position. They're more 3 and D type players. Grant Williams could be somebody that could help another team. He is very undersized, but he moves his feet real well. He's very girthy. He, he's, he's developed as a shooter this year. So, yeah. There's a lot of people on the Celtics. I believe the Celtics could be a team that can make a move and should make a move. They could be they could be in talks maybe the Wizards and trying to get some of those wings. Um, Indiana, of course. Let's go to the Philadelphia 76ers. I think we're just going to make it through the Eastern Conference today. I'm fixing that to go pick up my child from daycare. So I'm going to have to make this kind of quick. So let's go through the Sixers. The Sixers are desperately needing to trade Ben Simmons, obviously, to help uh, with their with their roster, they've got they've done exceedingly well with the roster they have. Tyrese Maxey has been phenomenal. He has been a surprise. Andre Drummond has filled in fantastically for Joel Embiid, the Embiid mind. Tobias Harris has been great. I know he's been out with uh, COVID related issues, but he's been fantastic. Danny Green's very valuable. Uh, they do need a backup point guard. I don't think Shake Milton's got it. Seth Curry has been fantastic. Furkan Korzmaz has been. Really good. Matisse Thibault is a great defender. However, they, they seem to be missing some offensive pieces. They, they really could use another offensive piece. You know, Seth Curry, he's 31. He's done really well in what they've asked him to do. Tyrese Maxey has as well. But they really need somebody else to help Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid with the offense. Um, Indiana would be a perfect fit, maybe to get Karis LeVert. But I don't, I don't know if that's enough. I don't think that's what um, – I don't think that's what Daryl Morey, who is the GM of the uh, the Sixers, want. He wants a superstar back. He's always been a superstar-driven GM. So, with all this said and done, Damian Lillard here looks to be somebody that would be a great fit with the Philadelphia 76ers. However, does Philly have an opportunity to win the championship this year if they were to do it? Yeah, they do. However... How you're setting your team up for the future, Damian Lillard is getting on up there in age. Point guards do decline rapidly. I know Chris Paul is a is a bad example because he's been one of those that, that's hung in there tight, but he plays great defense. He's a better playmaker than Damian Lillard. So, I don't know. In the future, I think it would handcuff him pretty drastically. But Portland getting Ben Simmons, I think, would be a good refresh, a good start for them. I th- to be honest with you, I think he he would be he would fit in perfectly with. Uh, what they're trying to do. They're, they're not trying to win right now. So, yeah, Philadelphia should make a move. 
They need the obvious one is Ben Simmons, and they could probably piece some other pieces together like Cork Myers, Cork Myers and some of those other guys who have played well. The Charlotte Hornets, I think, is a very interesting team this year. They have a lot of talent as they're missing Terry Rozier and Lamelo Ball, but they've had so much. They've got they've really got a talented roster, man. Uh, Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre has been carrying this team. Miles Bridges, excuse me, he's the main one as they've been out. Um, with Cody Martin playing well, Nick Richards. Uh, Mason Plumlee's been – he's been somewhat of a letdown. P.J. Washington has been good when he's played. They've got a really good team. Um, maybe they can stack some of these red chips for a blue chip, kind of like what me and John Curtis did, where maybe they can trade some of their depth away to get another premier wing player or another big man. Um, in all honesty, they could probably use a center, maybe like a DeMontis Sabonis. I believe he might fit in really well with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Miles Turner, of course, would fit in with any team that needed a big man. Karis LeVert, I really don't see him being able to come to this team, which I know, obviously, I'm using a lot of these players. But, obviously, Ben Simmons, he would not make sense for this team. They would want more. Um, you know, there's really no other trading partners. But the, they've got some pieces. I, I don't think they're willing to move on from Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, I believe they would move Gordon Hayward for the right price, but I don't really see Gordon Hayward being available. He's kind of a very good glue guy for them. Up next is Cleveland. Um, I do believe they will, they will fall out of this this race for the uh, the play in. I do like their I do like what they're trying to do. They've been given a tough hand since LeBron James left and how he left. You know, with, with Kevin Love's awful contract that they that they signed to please him and then he leaves. Uh, they're trying to make do, and they're, they've done really well trying to build this roster. They got Jared Allen, who's a very fantastic player. He's 23 years old. Laurie Marketing, um, that's probably one of the players you're like, why did I get Laurie Marketing? But it is what it is at this point. They've got a lot of bigs that could probably be moved. Um, I really don't value Kevin Love or Laurie Marketing at all. I really wouldn't want neither one of them on our team. But I, I honestly, I, I think Kevin Love is a buyout player. And, yes, he's somebody I could see going to the Brooklyn Nets or the Miami Heat. To me, he would fit in a lot better with Miami. They could use the spread. They could use somebody to spread out the, the center position. However, if you want to play for Miami, you got to be in, in shape and you got to be able to play defense and defend. I don't know if Kevin Love's in that type of shape. But, however, he is going to be somebody on the buyout market. He's 33 years old. But he's been out pretty much for the past two years. So, uh, other than that, they've got some smaller pieces that maybe could be aggregated into a trade. Obviously, we know Evan Mobley's not going anywhere, and we know that Darius Garland should not be going anywhere. Darius Garland has been playing so well here the past week. Um, I'm hoping to see more and more improvement. A team that I believe is going to rise in the standings is the Atlanta Hawks. To me, they've got a very, very good team. They've got a lot of talented wings that maybe they should aggregate to get another player. Obviously, Ben Simmons does not fit in well with this team. Neither does DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, I really don't think Miles Turner would fit in with this team with Clint Capella. Karis LeVert would be interesting if they could get the old Karis LeVert in that case. But they've already got two talented big men with John Collins and Clint Capella. They've got a, a large group of wings here with DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, um, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish might be one of those players that could be traded and somebody could try to buy low and, and use. Uh, he is very talented. He just hasn't been able to put it together so far. We've also They've also got Jalen Johnson, who's a who's a rookie wing, who shows some promise from Duke. So, yeah. Um, of course, they got bogged down by Donovich. How do I forget him? But, but yeah, they've got some pieces that are interesting. Uh, do I believe any of them shall or will be moved? Probably not, because they, they've got a good core group, and I do think they're a good team. Let's go over to the Knicks. We obviously know that Kimball Walker is benched. He is not playing. I really have a hard time seeing this team being able to make a deal. Uh, I don't believe they will trade Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle. I believe Julius Randle has taken a step back, it looks like, this year. R.J. Barrett's not improving, improving, but Tom Thibodeau is coaching his heart out. He's trying to get this team – they. They're all absolutely terrible in defense this year, which is unbelievable to me because they have pretty much the same roster and they have it Evan Fournier and Kimball Walker. Um, 
But, yeah, it's just it's interesting. Uh, Obi Toppin's played real well. I just don't see them being able to make a move unless they, they pull the trigger on getting rid of R.J. Barrett, which I have a hard time believing. He still shows a lot of promise. But I don't be I don't see the Knicks being able to make a move at this point. Uh, Toronto, very interesting team. A team that I think has looked very good, and they can move up very quick. Uh, Pascal Siakam has looked fantastic as he's came back. He, he looks like he's back to maybe the Pascal Siakam we seen with Kawhi Leonard that year they won the championship. They've also got, you know, OG Ananobi, who's not going to be traded, Scotty Barnes, who will not be traded, and Fred Van Vliet, who will not be traded. I also do not think Gary Trent Jr. will be either. But everybody else, I believe, is open season. Precious Achua has played well. Uh, Goran Dragic, he seems like a buyout candidate to me that could go to a, a, a contender team. Um, to me, he, he makes sense with the Nets. You know, maybe add some depth at point guard. But um, another person that I've heard that could, could potentially be traded is Chris Boucher, um, who had a fantastic year for him last year. But uh, Chris Boucher would actually make sense with a lot of teams as he's a versatile big man who can play defense and defend the rim. We've already talked about Indiana, Indiana enough. Let's go on to Orlando, the Magic. The Magic are competing this year, but they're not going anywhere. They're going to be in the lottery again. Will they make a move? Will there be a player or so that could help a team contend? The first person I think of right off the bat on their team is uh, Gary Harris. He's a 3 and D wing. He's got a pretty good contract. It's, I think it's enough to be traded, but uh, that might be a team that's interesting that uh, could try to pull the trigger on him, or even Terrence Ross, for instance. Uh, with Franz Wagner playing so well and some of the other young guys they got out there, with Jonathan Isaac potentially making a return soon, I think it just makes sense to maybe move on from Terrence Ross and Gary Harris because as they're trying to play their younger talent and lose games so they can get, you know, a better pick. So, yeah, that was Orlando. And, and finally, but not the least, D- the Detroit Pistons. Let's look over Detroit. Um, Jeremy Grant's the obvious one if they would trade him, but I do not believe they would trade Jeremy Grant. Um, do I think they should? Yeah, I think they should capitalize high on Jeremy Grant's value at this moment. He's 27 years old still, and it feels like he's been in the league forever, which it shows him being in the league for seven years. But him and Kelly Olenek, Kelly Olenek was playing really well. Uh, he could be a you know an asset to trade to maybe turn over some draft picks or whatnot. But hopefully he can come back before the trade deadline and showcase his skill. But those two guys, to me, Jeremy Grant should be traded. I don't think he will be traded. I don't think Sadiq Bay, Cade Cunningham, or Isaiah Stewart will be traded. Other than that, the roster's pretty trash. I don't see anybody really being interested in anybody. Like Trey Lyles has been a bust. Hamadou Diallo, I mean, he's he's been okay a couple times. You know, he's from Kentucky, obviously. So, But, yeah, that's the Eastern Conference. I don't think I have time to go through the Western Conference. We'll go through that next week. So look, look at these guys, assess their teams. You know, I brought up somebody like Kevin Love, for instance, who is a very potential buyout. I think he's a very likely buyout guy, him, Goran Dragic, for instance. So keep an eye on these guys. See where they go. Uh, obviously, buyouts won't happen until after the trade deadline which the trade deadline is, is a couple months away, where, I mean, we're looking at towards February. But hopefully some of these teams start looking to make moves, especially like teams like Portland and Indiana. Those two teams are not going anywhere, um, which is interesting to me with Indiana as they hired Rick Carlisle. I really I really don't know the, the time frame, what, what, he's, what they're looking for with him, with him. You know, normally teams that are looking to rebuild hire a younger coach as the more veteran coach goes to a team that can actually contend. Um, obviously, we know that Rick Carlisle had ties in Indiana as he coached them for several seasons before going to Dallas. But anyway, keep an eye on these guys. Start thinking in your head people that could possibly be traded. Like I've already mentioned, teams like Brooklyn, Chicago, Miami, as teams are probably not able to trade the Knicks, another team. I don't see them able to make trades, so I, I see them as guys going after buyout players. But, however, you got teams like the Wizards. Of course, we know the Sixers with Simmons. The Celtics are always open season with some of their contracts they got. The Cavaliers could maybe make some moves. The Charlotte Hornets have guys. 
the Toronto Raptors are always looking at players. So, you know, maybe start picturing some of these guys with these teams. I know, for instance, at Thanksgiving a couple of weeks ago, Pat Thompson and I, uh, Voodoo, the Ginger Voodoo Magic, we were talking about potential trade destinations for certain players. We also were hoping and praying for like a uh, <coughs> a big cat to uh, Celtics trade, which would be awesome. I would love the big cat, Carl Anthony Towns, to be playing for the Celtics. But do I think it's likely to happen? No, I don't. So, yeah, just start looking at this stuff. You know, maybe try to make moves before the moves happen. Obviously, as the weeks go by, we're going to hear more and more trade hype as teams are starting to sell in and know how where they're at, what they need. It should be fun. It's always fun. Uh, trade deadline area. Hopefully, we'll have a really exciting trade deadline. I don't think we had one last year that I'm that I'm recalling. So yeah, it should be fun. Anyway, hit us up. Hit me up on Twitter at jab underscore fantasy. Uh, if you got any questions or anything, if you're in the league, just hit me up on uh, the group message. And other than that, have a blessed day. I hope you all enjoyed this episode, episode nine. And I will see you next week for episode 10, week 8. Or I guess it's week 8 review. It'll be week 9. Yeah, that's it. Hope you all enjoy. Have a good day. Peace.